0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. How much do your kids know about our First Nations culture and history? As a matter of fact, how much do you know? Auntie Rhonda Collard-Spratt is a Yamaji Noongar elder who's bringing this knowledge back to Australia's children. And she joins me now. Welcome, Auntie. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Now, your story itself is um, a very sad one to begin with. Um, Could you tell us about what happened to you and why this whole storytelling and bringing the story back to the kids is so important to you?
1: Well, I was um, part of the stolen generation. My family was stolen for for four generations, like my, me, my mother, her mother, her mother's mother and her mother's mother. So, sorry, that's four. But anyway, <laughs> I, was, I was taken at three and my sister was a, a bub and we were stripped from our family and placed in a native mission in Carnarvon, Western Australia. So... I've spent all my growing up years there from three to 16, but it was a place where we didn't receive nurture for our, our mental health and our well-being. We weren't showing any affection. They basically wanted to save our souls because it was a run by a church. We had missions run by churches and others run by the government. So um, growing up in that environment... We we grew up without these things, and all child all children needs to be nurtured and know that they are loved and that they matter. So we didn't receive any of that, and um, and my sister and I grew up in different dormitories. So we grew up strangers because of our age difference, and brothers and sisters were separated. You know, all these things affect your life. It colors your life. It colors your vision of the world. So, like, I couldn't show affection in my marriage and because I didn't know what affection was. And we've had lots of parental issues because we never had any parents to teach us. We were just a group. We're just so many children just left to grow up alone and support each other. And, um, you know, it has a long-time effect on your life. You you can't get over these things because... The damage is done, you know, you can live your life to the best that you can, but there's always that emptiness, that sadness deep within you because you missed out on it. I never got a hug from my mother or father, never heard them say, I love you. So um that's what we missed out on. But for me, the best thing that happened to me growing up there was all the other children. They are in my heart and mind constantly and when we had our first reunion in 2017, we ring each other just about every day. We, we um, have reconnected because, you know, we need to support each other. We know the history we've been through and um, we've been in that same place at the same time. So we understand each other.
0: You were three when you were taken away from your family and we know so much now about the first five years of a child's life are so important to building connection to their carers, to their loved ones. You've had children of your own and, I, and maybe they've had children too. Have you seen that connection now that you've had your own kids and your kids have had kids and does it Does it show you what impact it had on you to be taken away so young? Yes, because
1: those years are your most informative years. They lay the foundation of your learning and of your values, you know, so that's very crucial. So my memories of being in the mission, I still know all the songs I was taught. I know the Bible. So it's stuck in my head from those years, your informative years. But being away from your family, you know, it's just heartbreaking and I went overboard with my children. Mm-hmm. I I hug them so much. I tell them I love them all the time. And <clears throat> But I see that my children, well, my daughter, she has, she is the most fantastic mother. Her young one is 16 now and the other two have left home and they did year 12 and... They got a job straight away, and I'm so proud of my daughter and the woman she is and the way she brought up my grandchildren. They are strong individuals. They are confident. They know who they are. They walk strong within their identity. So I'm so proud of my daughter
0: for being the most amazing mother which he has to have learnt in part from yourself and your own efforts to redress what happened to you. How did you come to reconnect with your culture? Were you able to go back and find your family?
1: Well, on my mother's side I did, but on my father's side that's still all crumbly and still trying to make connections and because he's, I first typed his name up on the computer many years ago and all the black deaths and custody came up, so I just closed it down. I wasn't ready. So I'm still searching and looking for that family, and I'm 70 in August, so it's been a long, long journey. But I've, I've always been strong in my heart, mind and spirit because I knew that we belonged to this land. I knew we had a spiritual connection. And so as a kid, I used to walk... Used to take off into the bush but we weren't allowed to call it the bush we had to say it was the common <laughs> that's very english isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yes so i used to walk off into the into the common and i'd find a beautiful big gum tree by the by the creek and i'd climb high up there and i'd listen to the cicadas or the cicadas and um smell the gum leaves as i crushed them in my fingers i'd watch the caterpillars and all the little bugs, and I'd look down and watch the creek with the sunshine sparkling off the surface. I'd see big bullfrog tadpoles, and I'd see freshwater turtles, long-necked freshwater turtles. That was my safe place, and I'd sit there for hours just listening to to nature and giving the tree a hug, you know. Mm. So that was my healing place because... I got my strength from the land, from the animals and the trees, because we had no support. So that was my support listening to the birds, the crows, all the birds and the bees buzzing and all that. And um,
0: it's so interesting that that's where you found your peace because you didn't have any family to teach you your cultural history. Um, no. Did you find anyone later on, like your mother's family, did, w- were any stories passed on to you from reconnecting with them? And, and what did that feel like when when you discovered the history that had been passed down for so many thousands of years?
1: Well, um, on this side, this is on my Nyungar side, not on my family side because we were taken for four generations and a lot of things, you know, we weren't allowed to speak a language. There plan was to turn us white so we would be assimilated so on my mother's side five generations of being in institutions of hearing christian stories of they tried to wipe the black out of us mm. so it's about us still reclaiming what was taken from us because it's not our fault you know we were punished if we we did anything Aboriginal Such a shame. It's crazy and, you know, if you have a human heart, I don't know where their kindness disappeared to because it's heartbreaking. One of my friends, his grandmother had all her children taken at once and he showed me. He's from um, Desert in Queensland. Anyway, she was stripped of all her children at once and on her death certificate, as he showed me, She died of deep melancholia. That's uh, the the most deepest grief anyone can have, the deepest melancholia, deepest grief, because all her children were removed in one go. And then also on the next line it said she died of starvation in Australia.
0: Oh, God.
1: Because fences went up and they can't hunt and gather. We became trespassers in our own land and she, she actually died of starvation. It breaks your heart, doesn't it? Oh, it's awful. It's awful. So, yeah, and to have all your children stripped away from you, because our children, all children are our future. And to have that just taken from you and you left with empty arms. Just imagine the devastation that makes your heart and your spirit feel it's it's I don't know. I don't know why they thought it was right. It's a hard history to talk about, but we we need to We need to hear it, even though it's difficult to hear at times because we must know the truth. We must know where we've been before so we can move forward together, not as separate people. You know, this is what Jackie and I do. We work together.
0: Tell me about Jackie, your friend Jackie, who you've co-written this book with. How did the book come about? I actually met her.
1: She was doing social or she was a... I'm not sure what her title was but she did programs and that in communities and and she did one in the community I live in in Riverview in Ipswich and she organised a arts program and she got all Aboriginal artists as mentors and so I rocked up there. That's where I first met her and it was amazing, you know, meeting all the Aboriginal women and meeting Jackie and um, I went into the office and she was there with our elder who was a mentor, art mentor. And I just spoke one about five minutes about when I first met my mother again. And the elder said, "Jackie, you need to help Rhonda with this book." I actually started it when I was fifty. So wow. Jackie came into my life then, and it took when she came aboard. It took two years to finish. Is that a long or a short time? <laughs> That's short because I started at fifty, and I I stopped for ten years because I had had some horrible experiences with my other family members who were, their father was English. So that stopped me in my tracks and then I said, no, I need to keep going. So that's, that's when Jackie came into my life and that book is called Alice's Daughter. It contains photos of me as children, all, all the other mission children. It contains Western Australian government policies. It contains um, my poetry. It contains my artwork. It's a little collection of everything that's that's me rolled into the book. Without Jackie's support and help, this may never have gotten published. So we we're a good team together. And we often have issues where people don't see us as one. And some of our people just concentrate on me, then other times I'm invisible. It's
0: it's a crazy world we live in. For goodness sake, we're all human beings, you know. Tell us about the the picture book that this latest picture book that you've done with Jackie, Grandfather Emu. Where did that idea come from? Well, Jackie
1: rang me and um, during COVID, because of all the lockdowns and the people feeling isolated, and and being Aboriginal, we're high risk because we have um, chronic illnesses like diabetes, asthma, heart, and all that. So. I suggested another idea, but then we decided no. And and I said, "Why don't we write dreaming stories? We can bring it up to date to now, our ancient knowledge from in the past, but bring it with us forward." And we call it new. We're calling it dreaming, dreaming because dreaming is never finished. We're still creating stories now. You're creating new memories. You know, we're doing new artwork, new songs, and all that. And it's about Carrying the um, ancient knowledge, bringing it into today's modern world, because it's still applicable today. You know, all the goodness of being a kind hearted
0: human being, you know? And that's what Grandfather Emu is about?
1: Yes. Grandfather Emu is, is really the great dreaming spirit. It could be whatever create, creating spirit you believe in, whether it could be like Buddha or your God, you you know, or it could be the rainbow snake or biami and whatever you feel comfortable with. But anyway, the dreaming spirit can turn into any form, so it turned into old Grandfather Amy with one blind eye and one crippled leg. And it was a test to see what bush animal would hear his voice and listen to his concerns because he was so hungry and thirsty and he couldn't see properly or couldn't walk properly. So he needed help in finding water and food. So this is what the story is about, and he approached all the different bush animals, like the crow. We say waradong. We're introducing our ancient language. But, and also for the goanna, Karada. he was too busy catching a feed and so lazy after his tummy was full. He just wanted to lay on the, on the log and rest in the sun. It's all about the animals and the only animal that, listened and helped him was Mother Yonga. Yonga is our word for kangaroo. So Mother Yonga had all the qualities of kindness, patience, compassion. So she led poor old Grandfather Amy to the water. So it's, it's about caring and, and giving time for people in need
0: and what's it been like um writing these books for you both the story of your life but now these picture books bringing that knowledge to young children in australia how does does it help you on your own healing experience or journey however you want to yeah. term it well with
1: um you know i've come a long way on my healing journey and um You know, all people have had traumas in their lives and it's how you deal with it. You know, some people may turn to other forms to dullen that pain, but my medicine for me is working with art. I do music. I make jewellery. I make bush medicines. I create things, and for me that's my healing, and to do this book, because we wanted to bring joy and happiness during this time of COVID. So it's been so much fun and working with Jackie, she's been amazing in my life and she's taught me that, you know, because I had issues with non-Indigenous persons because of my past and now I've learned that there are good and bad people in all races because your life experiences often clouds your your eyes and you, you only see what you've been through. and think everyone's like that so she's re-educated me in that sense that all people are not going to be mean to me well I hope everyone can be like mother younger mother kangaroo to have time to listen you must listen and hear sometimes you can listen and it goes flies right out through the other side and you must be patient have compassion in your heart and um be respectful
0: well Auntie Rhonda, thank you so much for chatting with us today and congratulations on this book.
1: Thank you so much and thank you all for listening. I wish you well and be
0: safe and go well and go strong with kindness and respect. Thank you, Auntie Rhonda. Thank you, dear. That's Auntie Rhonda Collard-Spratt. She has co-authored a book called grandfather emu with jackie Farrow. i'll put links in the notes of this episode for where you can get a copy feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au see you next time